At Baptist Health, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Chest pain, it's the warning bell that scares a ton of us. Initially, and sometimes accurately, we presume heart attack. But what if it isn't? While men are more likely to suffer heart attacks, and at a younger age than women, roughly 24% of women in emergency rooms with chest pain are found to have coronary artery disease. Women tend not to think of themselves as at risk for coronary artery disease and heart attacks. They don't often seek care for themselves as often as men do, or as women push their partners to do. Here to discuss the present and future state of women and heart disease with a focus on chest pain is Dr. Andrea Fatello, a cardiologist at Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute, part of Baptist Health, who leads the Women's Heart Program. And of course, I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco, Chief Population Health Officer for Baptist Health. Welcome back to the podcast, Andrea. Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start with always some definitions. Um, and we're going to be talking about coronary disease and heart attacks. If you could just... Um, you know, simply define what is coronary artery disease and what is a heart attack before we start talking about uh, the specific aspects of a women's risk and uh, presentation. Right. So coronary artery disease is basically um, a condition that develops over the course of one's lifetime that um, gradually causes a buildup of atherosclerosis, which is a narrowing and hardening of the blood vessels due to accumulation of fat, uh, cholesterol and other substances called plaque in the blood vessels. And when we're talking about coronary artery disease, these are the blood vessels that supply blood to the heart. And these uh, blockages can, as I mentioned, develop over a, a prolonged period of time. Sometimes they can contribute to symptoms and sometimes they can even lead to heart attacks, which cause impaired blood flow to the point of damaging the heart itself. So obviously, coronary artery disease is, is relatively common that we'll talk about, but the end result we want to avoid is the actual damage to the heart muscle, which puts people's life at risk. And you mentioned it can occur over a long period of time. So, you know, most women who have coronary artery disease may not know it, which is one of the uh, areas of concern, especially around um, women's heart programs and prevention programs. But when we're talking about heart attack uh, specifically, what are the more common ways women present with a heart attack? What are the symptoms they may feel that we as cardiologists want women to be aware of to say, hey, you know, this is something you have to take seriously? So some of the symptoms that uh, people in general develop um, with heart attack and also including women, um, they can develop some of the same symptoms, chest pain, chest pressure, um, tightness in the chest. But in addition to that, Women may also develop some other, maybe less obvious symptoms that can sometimes be mistaken for something else. And it can actually mean that there might be something wrong with how blood supply is getting to the heart. And some of these other symptoms that women in particular should watch out for um, can include difficulty breathing. Um, sometimes that happens with the times that happens in isolation. If you feel like you've just run a marathon, but you really haven't, 
there's a, a warning sign that maybe there's something going on uh, with the cardiovascular system. Um, some other symptoms to watch out for include nausea and vomiting, fatigue that's unexplained, not just because you didn't have a good night's sleep, but really just can't can't uh, get enough energy to do usual activities that would otherwise not seem very difficult to do. Um, breaking out into a cold sweat, um, getting pain in the back or in the jaw, sometimes feeling dizzy or lightheaded to the point that you almost might pass out, and sometimes palpitations as well. All of those can happen in female patients uh, that do have coronary artery disease, but again, they might be mistaken for some other explanation or some other condition, or the patients themselves might say it's probably not significant, but in fact, it certainly can be. And do you find that in your experience, um, both uh, in general practice and specifically um, as uh, a, a, a doctor that women with cardiac conditions uh, go to for care, do you find that women tend to dismiss the symptoms they feel that might not be the classic chest pressure? Or do you find that they're pretty, um, they're, they're pretty intent in getting it checked out? And of course, we have to recognize by the time they got to you, they're pretty intent. But when you go through the history, do you find that um, women tend to ignore the symptoms more than men, or is that a little bit of a wives' tale? What a great question, because I think that in general, by the time that I've seen the patient, I've heard so many stories where they've gone to seek attention for um, what they thought was maybe neurologic causes, or they've seen some other provider with what they were able to explain their symptoms and that, that they had some hypothesis as to what was maybe causing their their lightheadedness or dizziness, or maybe they've seen another provider in a completely different specialty, like a gastroenterologist, because they're they're experiencing some burning discomfort, and they thought that perhaps it was related to something else. And so, um, I think that women in general are very quick to dismiss their symptoms as being concerning, um, and so uh, sometimes even uh, at the expense of their own health, saying oh, it's nothing, it'll go away. Um, and I think that that's, in general, a very uh, dangerous approach to one's own health care. Um, but, you know, patients uh, tend to dismiss what symptoms they might be experiencing as either concerning or not concerning, or that it's uh, maybe something completely different. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, that does happen quite a bit. And quite frankly, I think some studies show both, as well as our experience, that sometimes the doctors dismiss the symptoms in a woman that if it were a man, they would, you know, send them right to get checked out for a cardiac condition. Um, do you still see that as oh, well? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, as coronary artery disease uh, continues to become more and more of a prevalent condition, unfortunately, um, I think that we're seeing this in uh, younger patients as well as um, patients that are, are known to be at higher risk simply because of age. But either way, their symptoms are dismissed as just basically not being important or it'll go away or perhaps it's just anxiety. And so that then they get a delay in getting appropriate care or appropriate evaluation, um, which is very frustrating, very frustrating for the patient to not have their symptoms validated or, or heard, um, but then also uh, having potentially a, a more dangerous condition that um, the patient doesn't know about. And I think that that's very, very common, unfortunately, even in the medicine age. So, so what would be um... What would be the kind of, let's say, the general, without even general, what would be the risk factors that may increase a woman's risk of having coronary disease? So helping if someone has symptoms, 
further fostering, hey, this could be cardiac, even though, of course, if they feel certain symptoms that they're not sure what they are, they should get it checked out. What are, what are the causes of chest pain in women? Let's, let's put it that way from a cardiac standpoint. Well, I mean, there's a number of causes of pain um, in the chest, and some of them are cardiac. Some of that we get very concerned about are those that lead to heart attacks, but other cardiac causes of pain in the chest that are not heart attacks are, um, for instance, pericarditis, and that's just an inflammation of the lining around the heart. Um, aortic syndromes, where there may be a life-threatening tear in a blood vessel, um, a very large blood vessel, the aorta. Um, so uh, some potentially dangerous causes, some potentially less dangerous causes. But in addition to that, other causes of um, pain in the chest in women um, can include gastrointestinal causes, reflux disease, or uh, esophageal spasm. Um, those are certainly treated very differently. Um, for instance, if someone has recently injured themselves or lifted something heavy, then they start experiencing some discomfort um, in the chest wall area. Or sometimes when there's breathing or coughing, it can irritate uh, the the muscles and the bones and joints in the chest wall. If there's uh, been a recent illness like pneumonia or um, pleurisy or even pulmonary embolism or a blood clot that travels to one of the major uh, blood vessels uh, in the lungs, respiratory infections can also cause pain in the chest. And I think other symptoms um, that can certainly mimic a heart attack, but still you need to consider um, but these are more of uh, a diagnosis of exclusion once everything else has been more completely evaluated, include uh, anxiety and depression and sometimes panic attacks. But again, this is after everything else has been completely excluded as not being dangerous, then it might certainly uh, come down to anxiety. So, so that's that's an important um, um, point, and I appreciate you uh, articulating it that way, which is, um, there are lots of reasons for a woman or, or anyone to have chest symptoms, chest pains that might not be cardiac. And we have to recognize, like you said, it could be a muscle strain, chest wall pain, reflux. But if someone is not feeling right, the right thing to do is to get it checked out um, and, uh, and you know, confirm that it's something else. And if there is no evidence of cardiac disease, then you could say, okay, um, um, you know, maybe it's, it's it's something more classic, or at least consider cardiac disease in a differential. And I think that's what we're uh, trying to get a point that point across, which is great. A um, well couple said. of other, a yeah. couple of other kind of more common. You know, we talked about coronary disease, which is the bread and butter, the narrowing of the artery that can lead towards limitation in blood flow when one's exerting themselves, or even at rest, which can put them at risk for heart damage and death. Talk a little bit about Minoka and Inoka, which is something very important. And even I could tell you um, within the cardiovascular community, not well thought of and, and considered. Can you talk a little bit about that condition and, and how its uniqueness in women um, can sometimes um, lead to errors in diagnosis? Yeah, so Minoka is um, a term that is, it specifically describes myocardial infarction with no obstructive coronary artery disease. And that, that is what Minoka stands for. Um, but happens in this uh, in this set of circumstances is that there are biochemical tests that suggest that there is damage to the heart, but on visual inspection of the blood vessels, uh, for instance, during a heart catheterization, there are no significant blockages found. And the disease process can have multiple causes. Um, and some of those causes include uh, coronary artery spasms, where the blood vessels temporarily constrict and interrupt normal blood flow and 
um, uh, patients can still experience the same symptoms as though they are having um, a heart attack. Um, coronary microvascular dysfunction. This is very hard to diagnose, but it's just as problematic. Um, so just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. Um, and basically it's affecting these very, very small blood vessels, the microcirculation that we know is just as important, but sometimes is much harder to evaluate. Our traditional imaging studies like heart catheterizations don't necessarily um, look for those, those small changes in the micro circulation, um, but the blood vessels in uh, these smaller blood vessels can certainly also have problems similar to the larger blood vessel. You can have spontaneous coronary artery dissection, and that's more common in female patients where there's literally a, a disruption in the, the blood vessel itself that um, dissects or tears, and that can lead to ischemic causes. Um, but then when you look at the blood vessel, it, it, it's actually, it's just a tear in the blood vessel wall, not specifically because of um, atherosclerosis per se. Um, blood clotting disorders and coronary artery embolism is another cause of Minoka, where um, a blood clot can form and travel down a coronary artery and certainly interrupt blood flow. Um, and uh, this disease process is very important and can show it has been shown to be just as detrimental to increase all-cause mortality, cardiovascular mortality, hospitalization for heart failure, increase one's risk for stroke and uh, recurrent events, um, similar to anyone else that has blockages that we can see. Um, and so these are um, these are just as dangerous conditions. But I think the other part that makes them just as dangerous is because there's not very much shown on the most effective treatments for these uh, these types Minoka um, uh, uh, conditions. Um, and some of it could be um, related to the fact that this is underappreciated and, and also uh, partially just poorly understood. And so yeah. um, it's, it's also hard for practitioners to be able to give the most appropriate uh, therapies and in treatments, not understanding, you know, maybe that's the, the disease process um, that's ultimately affecting this patient. So it's problematic for a couple of ways, but either way, it certainly does increase risk for um, cardiovascular I, events I, I and think, cardiovascular death. I think that's kind of the, 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 the common presentation, which is a women, you know, generally they'll have some risk factors, whether it be, you know, diabetes, smoking, high blood pressure, et cetera. But, but anyone, a woman, who's presenting with what sounds like ischemic symptomatology is not getting blood flow to the heart, angina, which is the term we use when the heart's not getting blood and it can produce some pressure in the chest. But the traditional tests, as you mentioned, don't aren't really geared to find these small blood vessel blockages. So they might be told it's anxiety or it's in your head or we haven't found anything when it could be this Minoka, could Inoka or Minoka small vessel disease. I think the take-home point for the, for the woman and the podcast listener is if you have those symptoms or you know someone has the symptoms and they're told, um, you know, the stress test was normal, or we did a catheterization, there was nothing there, don't stop there because you may have this relatively poorly understood but rapidly developing condition because it can lead to medical problems. And again, risk factor reduction, which we'll talk about in a second and all the other 
therapies would be would be invoked, even though we're still trying to figure out what the long term benefits are. And 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 do you see a lot of women with this condition? And if so, how do they kind of get to you? I would say at this juncture, I think in general, it's still fairly poorly understood. Um, and so not a lot of patients have been sent um, for evaluation of Minocus per se. But at the same time, I think it is gaining um, some recognition as being a disease process that does happen and is just as dangerous. And so these patients, when they are appropriately uh, seen, are uh, being referred to cardiologists to be evaluated medical therapies. It's still, I think, an underappreciated condition, though. And so uh, more, more or less, I think it needs some, some additional education within the healthcare community. Um, within our patient population to understand that this is something that does happen and um, it does warrant appropriate treatment and appropriate therapies uh, and not to just ignore those symptoms. The symptoms are real, whatever's causing them. And that's up to your provider to figure that out. Um, So a couple of final questions. Again, this is great information. Um, So let's go back towards how does a woman prevent coronary disease, prevent heart attack, prevent We'd like to think, um, you know, Minoka and the small vessel disease that we're talking about. What, what, what would a woman want to pay attention to? And uh, I'm going to throw a curveball as the second part of the question is, and when? And when? Yes, also a great question. <laughs> so, some of the um, some of the uh, preventive measures that a female can take at this juncture include upfront to understand what what one's risk factors are and how this may influence your ultimate risk of developing cardiovascular disease. And this might be in the form of um, understanding if you have your blood pressure is, what your cholesterol numbers are, um, if you need to be checked for diabetes or even pre-diabetes, if you're getting evidence of metabolic dysfunction, um, weight changes, and if that weight is a healthy weight, what might be contributing to that weight? And there's so many hormonal factors that can contribute to that, thyroid abnormalities and um, hormonal abnormalities with regards to menopause or premenopause, um, physical inactivity, um, understanding what behaviors you may be doing that might be impacting your overall cardiovascular health now and in the long run. Um, and these are just some of those risk factors. But if you don't know where you stand, it's hard to know what might need to change. So um, really understanding uh, how to approach your provider and say, I want to be checked for this um, because this is important. And so then that brings you know, to the your question, when should patients start being evaluated? And I think what unfortunately we're seeing now is that it's affecting people at a younger age and yeah. they really need to start being evaluated much younger than I think what traditionally has been done. Females in their 50s and 60s can certainly develop disease, but it also starts much later on or much earlier on um, in the sense that uh, during one's lifetime, you need to be looking at these risk factors and understanding how your behaviors day in and day out are affecting your cardiovascular health. And so, you know, really at, an, at a much younger age, in 20s even, to get uh, risk assessments. All right, what is the blood pressure running and what is my physical activity? And is there something there that might need to change? And second, once you're aware of uh, what your, your risks are, understanding what behaviors might need to change. Maybe it is a physical activity um, behavior. And we know that the American Heart Association recommends at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity weekly. And very frequently, unfortunately, I find patients don't yet meet this this goal. And just talking with a provider, what are you doing for exercise? I think that's 
not done very frequently, but at the same time, it, it's just as important and it needs to be part of one's lifestyle habits for the long I, haul. And so um, starting with younger patients, I think is key there. Yeah, I think it, sorry, again, well said, well said that uh, by the time someone has a blockage or has a heart attack, which might not even be you know, due to other uh, components or has small vessel disease like Anoka, you know, that disease started 25, 30 years prior and would give everyone an opportunity towards really knowing what your risks are and correcting it and preventing it. True prevention is waiting, is not waiting for someone to be symptomatic or have a problem. It's getting them when they feel good and saying, is there anything going on that can cause a problem? Let's prevent it. And uh, there's many, many things we can do to help people. Um, you know, my mind is almost no one should have a heart attack or a stroke with proper uh, identification of risk and, and uh, you know, prevention of uh, the, the events. So, um, well said. L last question, and again, um, um, you're giving us great information in a uh, what seems simple but relatively complicated um, area of our healthcare, which is the specific aspects of a woman's risk for cardiac events and how they present and how it can be prevented. What what would be ideally included? What is it? What does a women's heart program involve? So I think um, what is involved in a women's heart program is to have healthcare providers that specialize in the healthcare of female patients. Um, that either have known risk factors for cardiovascular disease or known cardiovascular disease, or even those that have conditions that are unique to women. And some of those we've touched on a little bit, um, but uh, they can also include other um, conditions such as Takasubo cardiomyopathy, um, pregnancy-related complications like high blood pressure disorders during pregnancy and gestational diabetes, um, to name a couple. Um, those are those are conditions that are unique to the, the female um, condition and uh, need to be appropriately evaluated by a healthcare team. Um, and so this is how a women's heart program can be tailored to the unique needs of a, a female patient so that they're uh, aware of and alerted to what, um, what risk factors make them unique as opposed to just um, any other patient that might be coming through with similar symptoms. Um, and then also, uh, really trying to um, empower women to uh, be well informed about their cardiovascular health and take uh, initiatives to prevent cardiovascular problems at a much younger stage of life so that they can continue to lead a healthy life um, in the long run. Unfortunately, it's known that at least 44% of women are living with some form of heart disease and how much women are aware of what their risks are and appropriately managing those risks, I think is where a women's heart program can be helpful at affecting change um, uh, throughout a woman's life. Couldn't agree more. And as you said, um, there are many cardiac conditions or conditions that can affect women's cardiovascular system of which coronary artery disease is one, perhaps the most common, but it's one. And a true women's heart program would engage all aspects of women's uh, health and risk. So uh, well said. Any final comments? I mean, you've uh, certainly articulated great information. Any Anything else you want to uh, leave the listeners with or anything you want to reiterate that you already mentioned? Um, just that I think that uh, symptoms are real and, and it's important not to dismiss symptoms as being nothing. And it's important that if you feel that there is something abnormal to be uh, taken seriously and at least given the opportunity to have an appropriate um, evaluation. Um, if it turns out not to be something detrimental or, or dangerous, that's wonderful and that's that's great. But at the same time, I think that uh, understanding what 
what cardiovascular risk is for the individual patient is very important, and it can certainly help to change behaviors uh, for the lifetime of a patient. Know your body. Something doesn't feel right. Make sure you get it checked out to your satisfaction. I think it's, uh, again, uh, great advice. Thank you very much, Andrea. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. Thank you, John. To our listeners, if you like what you heard on this or any of our other podcasts, please be sure to tell a friend or family member about us. If you have a comment or a suggestion for a future topic, please email us at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. That's baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. We'd love to hear from you and thanks for listening. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health, the warmer side of care.